Question of the day today, kind of a weird one. Am I, Candace Owens, participating in black-on-black crime? I'll give you a hint. The answer is actually yes, and I've just realized it. Plus, a 22-year-old woman has opted to get her fallopian tubes extracted from her body. Not just that. She then turned them into a piece of jewelry to tether around her neck because she's just so proud of the fact that she does not want children. Mm-hmm. All that and more today on Candace Owens. So I asked the question, am I also contributing to black-on-black crime in our society? And I'll tell you why I asked the question. I received a comment on a recent episode in which I stood up for Kyrie Irving, and I talked about this spiritual desire that I feel that I must stand by black men in this moment in time. And a woman commented on it, a black woman commented on this episode, and she said, As a black woman in society, I wish that she would be this positive about other black women in society. The message it sends is that only black men who are well-known for disrespecting black women are deserving of loyalty and protection. This comment was from Ms. H.W. And when I saw it, I have to first say that it kind of saddened me a little bit. Like I felt I had to really sit there and consider that comment a lot. I thought to myself, am I actually sending out a signal that black women don't matter, which is obviously very ironic because I am a black woman. And I really started to think about all of my past commentary. I do comment not just on black women, but women in general, wider. I actually said, like, how many times do I use my platform to defend women? And it was kind of hard to me to come up with many examples. I mean, obviously, I did defend Nicki Minaj when she was speaking out against not wanting to get the vaccines and the whole media came down and crushed her. And I felt like that was not just. But in general, when I do cover women, I am harsh in my critiques. I often cover Madonna. I cover Emily Rodzikowski. And the reason I go after them is because I do believe that these women, for example, Cardi B, are contributing to the corrosion of society. And so this commenter is correct to feel that I am neglecting really all women in my, a lot of my analyses. And I don't use enough of my platform to talk about women that are providing good examples. And I think that there's an element that, I guess really about our culture that is so disturbing to me and that I feel that the only way that our culture is going to get back on track is for women to stop believing that they need to rinse themselves of their womanhood and their femininity. So that's one element of it. The other thing is that women in general aren't very nice to each other. It's not just Candace, it's it's women in general are just not that nice to each other. I always say the movie Mean Girls is kind of real life. You know what I'm saying? And a part of this is biological. There's an underpinning of biology. I've often spoke about a book that I read, which was written by an author named E.O. Wilson, who is a biologist and uh, who basically underpins. He has this thesis that everything that we do in society and the way that we behave in society, you really just have to examine our biology and you can look to examples in the wild to fully understand why we behave in that manner, right? So why are women a bit cattier with one another than men are, right? Men are kind of, they hang out, they're totally fine, but women are a bit more competitive and a bit more catty. And the argument that he puts forth in this book is that, well, women have to compete and they have to compete for men. And by 
if you speak about our biology, women have 400 eggs. That's it. We are born with all the eggs we're ever going to have. So our body is telling us to compete with other women, to find another man, to start a family. Men, on the other hand, uh, can produce as much seed until they're 90 and they are therefore trying to increase their numbers and increase their pack size. So again, biology is what's underpinning a lot of our action. But it's not just that, and I do agree that that is quite legitimate. There is also, I guess I would say almost a social contract that I feel that we women have with one another where we want to make other women in our image as opposed to just accepting them for who they are. And I spoke a lot about this, particularly as it pertains to black women especially, that it was very difficult for me growing up. I had all these black friends in elementary school. Then we had to take the state tests, which would decide what classes we were in in middle school. And because I performed well on these state tests, my classroom had no black people in it. So obviously you make friends with whoever's in your classroom. And there was something about me being in a higher classroom, right, by IQ standards, uh, that made these women really resent me. And they were mean to me. I mean, I was in middle school very much bullied by black women for, for no reason. I never had any drama, never said anything to them. But I always talked about, I talked about this frequently in the past, but also in my book, I described how for being smart, there was like a crime for being smart. And there was this one girl who used to always kind of like bump my shoulder every time she saw me into the hallway. Intentionally, she'd come all the way across the hallway and she just kind of bump my shoulder just to be mean. Just to say like, this isn't cool. And then there was another girl who I spoke about in my book, who I was very much into the Harry Potter books, still am. I think they're awesome books. And they were. this is when they were dropping them all. And we were waiting in line, trying to get our hands on the next book. And I was racing home to read the Harry Potter novel. And I've spoken about how this girl sort of made fun of me in the lunchroom. And I thought she was like the most amazing. I thought she was so pretty. I wanted to be friends with this girl. Uh, her name was Sheena. And how she called me over to the lunch table and in front of this whole table of black girls that were in her classroom made fun of me for not knowing the lyrics to a rap song. And so I think it's really interesting. I consider this comment and I considered my relationship with black women over the years of my schooling. And I realized that much of that behavior of not liking me because of this invisible social contract. Candace does not act black enough. Candace speaks proper English. Candace, I don't know, likes books and isn't partaking enough in in hip-hop culture. It still exists, right? I I constantly am feeling that I'm still getting bumped in the shoulder in the hallways because I'm just being who I am. This is actually who I am. There's no one that I'm trying to be. This whole, she's acting white. She wants to be white. No. And I think it's a sad commentary uh, that black women feel that way, that black women feel that they have to exist within a prototype to be black. That to me feels like a form of slavery. It feels like you're restricting yourselves. And I think in further consideration of this, that black women are almost the most responsive to culture, right? Constantly trying to do whatever is cool and is acceptable. And that black men are maybe establishing trends, whereas black women are kind of responding all the time to the trends that are being established. It sort of creates this toxic relationship between black men and between black women. And black women are trying to empower themselves in ways that don't actually make them feel powerful. And one of these ways is they've sort of accepted this narrative that men are trash. And I vehemently disagree with this narrative that men are trash. I vehemently disagree that, and and I understand that we have a culture where we kind of put a pedestal on men that don't act well. And we also place... Uh, put women on a pedestal, and when they don't act well, that's why I often talk about Madonna and Cardi B, different races with the same idea. But I do believe that black women are not being true to who they are. 
right? And I can see this even in the pettiness in the comments when they are, are, if I'm saying something and it makes sense, there's always this really petty response like, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to her because she looks like this or her hair looks like this or blah, 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 blah. It's always a commentary on how I look and not actually the words that I'm saying. Again, trying to tell me that I need to be in your image in order for us to be friends. So I had this thought in my head reading this comment for a couple of days. And as I said, it made me very sad because I don't want people to feel that I don't see them or that I don't hear that hurt. I do hear that hurt. I do actually believe that black women are the most hurt in this society for a lot of reasons. A lot of it stems from government policies in the 60s and a lot of you know the single motherhood rate and feeling left alone, constantly being left alone and having that loneliness reinforced by bad incentivizations from the government. And I was having this conversation yesterday with Dr. Ben Carson, who is somebody that I very much admire and somebody that I wrote about in my book. And I was on his podcast and I was talking to him about my Blexit movement and my Blexit charity and the work that we're doing in these inner cities and how much these kids uh, mean to me that we get to provide them with just opportunities to be something else, right? To say, actually, it's pretty cool if you like to read Harry Potter. It's pretty cool if you like to read books. You don't have to just exist under the weight of what culture is telling you to be today. And in response to me saying that I wanted to sort of bring Black people back together, uh, this is what Dr. Ben Carson said to me. Take a listen. Well, you're very courageous and very articulate. And... Uh express that very well. But it, it, there's also always been a tendency to try to keep the black community divided. Uh, and that started all the way back in the times of slavery, when the particularly the slave owners in places like Mississippi and Alabama were very concerned because there were actually more slaves than there were owners. And uh, they feared an uprising. So they would tell the slaves in the house that they were better than the ones in the yard. The ones in the yard, they were better than the ones in the field and keep this internal turmoil going all the time. And then after slavery, the light-skinned ones, you're better than the medium-skinned ones, you're better than the dark-skinned ones. And there's always been a way to keep them divided. And of course, now uh, they want to make sure that conservative blacks and liberal blacks don't combine forces. Uh, so they try to create tension and hatred there as well. And, uh, you know, I think some of the things that you're doing are really helping to alleviate some of that tension. So I appreciate it. But what about Black Lives Matters? Uh, what's your diagnosis there? I first want to respond to what you just said, because it was the exact words I needed to hear this week. <laughs> I've spent this entire week defending Kyrie Irving and defending my friendship with Ye. And there's been this media peer pressure for me to dump Kanye West because I'm better than him and he's made a mistake. And this media peer pressure for black Americans to speak out and to say something wrong about Kyrie Irving. And I have felt over the last month very spiritually conflicted because there are so many people telling me that this is what I should do, right? These people are bad. Mm -hmm. But then there's a part of me that's going, no, this has gone on for too long. You keep telling black people not to support each other, right? I want to mm -hmm. create an ecosystem where we can support black people when they're wrong and we can support black people when they're right and that we can just support one another full stop. And that is actually how I feel. And to hear him put it to learned behavior from slavery just hit me in my soul, right? The idea that you can't like Candace Owens. You're not supposed to like Candace Owens. There's this concept of she's a, they always call me on Instagram, actually. A lot of black women, oh, she's, she's a house Negro. Where, who taught you that? Why are you saying that? 
Do you actually believe that I think that I'm better than you? Right? Why do we do this? Because we've learned this behavior. And just like Dr. Ben Carson says, there is somebody that knows that all of us coming together, there is a society that understands that we would be too powerful if we all came together. I don't want to contribute in that slave economy anymore. I do not feel, and if you need to hear it, that in any way I am better than you. I am not better than you because I like politics and I like to pay attention to politics. And you maybe like to pay attention to culture and you know more about culture. That doesn't make you better than me because you might be able to name more of the top hip hop songs. We're different people. We need to accept that we are different people and figure out how we can come together despite being perfect people, uh, being different people. I don't want to have to be someone that I am not to be your friend. And I hope that what is happening now, and I do feel it, uh, that we are beginning to have these conversations and we are beginning to understand that we would be way more powerful as allies. And I hope that what you take from my commentary, because there was a lot of it, and I know that the media intentionally portrays it as though I'm always just talking back about Black Americans, that could not be further from the truth. What I have been trying to communicate to Black America and to all of America is that we can do better than what we're doing. We can do better. We can be better beings. We can strive towards better, right? And I've realized that that message represents a threat to people. I don't know why that is, but I do know that it needs to end and that we all need to stop participating in this slave economy. And that's all I want to say about that. Okay, guys, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Black Rifle Coffee. This is my go-to coffee brand because I love the bold, strong taste and the amazing quality. They are very selective about where they source their coffee beans, and every bag is super fresh. Not only is the coffee great, but I also really love the values behind the company. Black Rifle Coffee Company is veteran-founded and operated, and their mission is to help service members successfully transition from the military into entrepreneurship provide assistance to veterans who want to launch businesses of their own with the goal of helping more companies like Black Rifle become a reality. Black Rifle is committed to hiring 10,000 veterans and they are well on their way. Go to blackriflecoffee.com and use promo code CANDICE for 10% off your first order or when you sign up for a new Coffee Club subscription. The subscription gives you free shipping on all Coffee Club orders, early access to club deals and promotions, and special discounts from their partner brands. That's blackriflecoffee.com with promo code CANDICE for 10% off your first order or when you sign up to become a Coffee Club member. Okay, now it's time for some topics du jour. Okay, so first up, let's talk about Nicki Minaj. Speaking of women and women empowerment, she has recently given an an interview and admitted that she wants to be a role model for black women and give them confidence due to their lack of representation in the music industry. She's 39 years old, and she spoke about how she always felt that she was not good enough growing up because she didn't see black women on the covers of magazines. She also said that she wants to empower young girls to believe that they don't need a guy for anything. And she did this, by the way, speaking to ID Magazine while fronting their winter 2022 issue. I definitely want to pause there because I think that kind of goes in line with uh, the nuance of what I'm trying to say. I think it's great that Nicki Minaj wants to show people that they should be confident and show women that they can be whatever they want. But I don't quite understand why it always has to come at the denigration of men. Like, I don't understand that they don't need a guy for anything. It's like you do need a guy for something. You do, actually. I believe that men 
and marriage and relationships are aspirational and that men make women better people and women make men better people. I can say that since becoming married, I have become a better person and my husband has become a better person. And I think women calm men, right? And I almost want to say that we focus men in the way they need to be focused. And men calm women in that it's very easy for women to become petty and to obsess about things that don't really matter. And men kind of give us the clearer and the bigger picture. They calm women down. And so I do realize, and I think that this is one of the bad elements of feminism, is that it's, it, it kind of teaches you that in order to empower women, you have to say something about how they don't need a man. And I don't agree with that. But there are elements of this interview that I do agree with. She goes on to say that there's always been a lack of representation for black women. As soon as you start becoming famous, you owe it to the entire culture to say things that other black women can repeat to make themselves feel great, she told the publication. That probably speaks to the black women that feel like I don't represent them or I don't give them a voice is because usually when I'm talking about black women, I'm saying that we need to do better. And so I'm coming in as kind of the harsh parent here and saying that we used to have a wonderful culture of black women that should have been celebrated. When you talk about the old music, when you talk about soul, there was something that was so wonderful and glamorous and aspirational. And I feel truly that it has just completely disintegrated over the years. And I don't, I don't know how we go from Patti LaBelle to Cardi B. And that's another topic. And I don't want people to feel offended by that topic. I actually want people to consider it and, and to realize that the larger question that I always have is who said that this is black culture? You know what I mean? I, I feel like we keep being told this is our culture, but actually this is not our, our culture at all. This has been intentionally created for us. And I try to speak on that in a harsh way, but maybe I need to be a little bit more compassionate in saying that. And I hope that that is as compassionate as I can possibly be in saying it. Nikki went on to say that hearing young women singing her lyrics makes her want to give them confidence and help them realize that they can do whatever they want to do. She also addressed misconceptions around her personality because she's outspoken saying that she feels it is important to speak out on issues that matter to her. You know, Nicki Minaj notoriously got in tons of trouble, as I mentioned in my monologue, because she spoke up against the vaccines and said to people, don't do something with your body that you're not comfortable with doing. She also spoke about a vaccine reaction that somebody that she knew had. And the press tried to make it seem like she was crazy and that she was a liar because everyone got in line with this narrative. And she stood by her guns. And I respect Nicki Minaj for that. I respect her for actually going against the Hollywood web because they feel... Like I say, there is a Hollywood mafia. They feel like once they allow you to have a platform that you have to get in line with all of their narratives, whether that be BLM, whether that be LBGTQ RS issues, whether that be the vaccine. And the second a celebrity gets an idea of wandering off of that Hollywood plantation, it can be pretty severe. The punishment can be pretty severe. Uh, Nikki admitted that she has suppressed some of her beliefs over the year due to having reservations and being fearful of losing her job. Wow, that seems to be a common theme amongst artists, amongst black Americans right now, that we feel that we have to be careful in how we speak because there's some control and there's some money and there's some bottom line that says that this is what you're allowed to say, this is what you're not allowed to say. And that's not right. We live in a country where we have free speech. Of course, free speech does come with consequences, but it hurts me to hear that so many people are feeling this way. And I know that it must be felt tenfold in Hollywood where that media mafia is running rampant. However, she has decided that she is now not going to give an S anymore and speak out on issues that matter to her because she has realized her fans will still support her. And that is what really matters. That is where I draw my confidence from. I know that people 
understand that I'm committed to truth first and foremost. And I said to someone the other day that at the moment that I stop being allowed to tell the truth, I've lost the plot. At the moment that I've decided that there is a check that is too big for me to tell the truth anymore, I've sold my soul. And so it's important that everyone understands that whether you're in the NBA and you're Kyrie Irving, uh, whether you're you know having a show like I do or have shows that I have had in the past, it's all great. It's an amazing opportunity to be able to share my voice and to be able to share my thoughts. But if anything ever changed, all of us would have to simultaneously understand that this country values freedom. If we're not acting free in our own personal capacity, then it's incredibly hypocritical for us to yell and scream about freedoms on our various platforms. Moving on, guys, um, in a topic and speaking about LGBTQ issues being one of the lines that has to be towed in Hollywood. Recently, the first biological male was announced the winner of Miss Greater Dairy, which is a beauty pageant that is held by the Miss America organization. So this individual goes by the name Brianne, and he's become the first transgender to, to win the title under the Miss America organization. He was named the Miss Greater Dairy of 2023, which landed him a crown and a scholarship, and it was announced this past Sunday. Now, the Miss Greater Dairy Scholarship Program provides scholarships to quote-unquote young women between the ages of 17 and 24. Now, of course, every woman should be upset with this because this is quite literally the erasure of women, right? It is saying that if a man jumps into a caricature of what it means to be a woman— puts on some lipstick and a wig and starts talking in the way that he thinks women talk, basically puts on a performance that he should be receiving priority over actual women who are having women experiences throughout their entire life, pretending that somehow a man's fetishes need more than our actual existence. I can't think of anything that could be more misogynist than that, right? And I have said this over and over again. When I see a man that says that he's a woman and he's got fake boobs and he talks like a valley girl, and he's got a wig on and makeup, I feel mocked. I feel laughed at, especially when they're being over the top, as that TikToker Dylan Mulvaney has been, and I'm afraid of bugs and blah, and screaming and things of that nature. It's a mockery. You're looking at women in the face, and you're saying, there's nothing special about you. I can put on a performance just like you are putting on a performance. There's nothing real about you. There's nothing substantive about you. I can be you. And now that we've gotten to a place in society where we don't recognize the wrongness in that, and we penalize women who speak out and say, I don't like that, right? I, I, I am called a transphobe for saying that, rather than calling that man pretending to be me a misogynist. You punish me for saying it. That is a very scary space to be in in society, when people can no longer tell the difference between a lie and the truth, and it begins to yell at the truth and tell the truth that it needs to shut up. We should not shut up. And I'm glad to see that the reactions on social media were mixed and that some women really believe that the win is a reflection of internalized misogyny. And one tweet, as an example, somebody wrote, y'all know how the left likes to talk about internalized misogyny? This is what it actually looks like. I could not agree more with that statement. How much does a woman have to hate herself that she pretends that a man pretending to be her is more worthy of love and acceptance? Just makes entirely no sense to me. And here is a video, by the way, of Brienne winning. Can we skip to the good part? (laughs) 
so there you have it, a scholarship opportunity taken away from other women who are all standing next to them applauding, pretending that they think that this is fair. It's obviously not fair at all for a man to take an opportunity from a woman, especially when this opportunity was carved out to be specifically for women. But that is where we're at in our society. Up is down and down is up. All right, guys, I want to take a moment to talk to you about the app Hallow. In a world that is currently so divided, I truly believe that faith in God is the answer and truly our only hope. That's why I want to encourage you to download the Hallow app. Hallow is the number one Christian prayer app in the United States and the number one Catholic app in the world. It's rooted in the Catholic tradition, but an amazing resource for any Christian that's looking to dive deeper into their prayer life. Hallow has prayers and meditations to guide you throughout your entire day, morning to night. Some of the most popular prayers include the daily rosary, the gospel reading, and daily psalm with Bishop Barron, the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmitz, minute meditations, meditations for sleep, kids' prayers and meditations, and more. Hallow helps me sleep better, lower my anxiety levels, and find peace and calm throughout the day, and I think that it will do the same for you. Get an exclusive three-month free trial at hallow.com slash Candice. That's hallow.com slash Candice. Speaking of this responsibility that women have in society, and I always say that it's going to be up to us to get society back on its tracks. And it's why I'm often speaking about the extreme things that women are doing. And for whatever reason, it seems that social media is a special place where women compete to be more and more extreme in their actions for attention. So it started with women saying, okay, I'm on social media and I want attention. Then it said, I'm on social media and to get attention, I'm going to take all my clothes off. Okay, I'm on social media and to get attention, it's not enough for me to just take my clothes off, I'm also going to start getting procedures online, right? We talked about your psychological immune system in previous episodes being broken down because of social media, because it tells you that you need to be more and more extreme and because you're becoming more extreme because you're trying to find a community. And so I spoke to you about these women that now just go on Instagram and cry. They literally just, they cry. As soon as they have a feeling, they go and they cry and they're doing that because they want likes, right? There's this dopamine hit, you're getting a like and you're being extreme. You're being extremely unstable, and so you cry. And so social media is encouraging this psychological breakdown, and it's encouraging you to want to be more extreme so that another community of people can find you and go, wow, she's so brave. Look, she's not just on social media. She's not just naked on social media, but she's naked, and she's crying, and like, 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 what can I do to be even more extreme than that incredibly brave woman? Well, Savannah blew in, who's a 22-year-old woman, heard the call, and she is here to answer it. How can you be more extreme on social media? What about saying, I don't want kids? Now, you might be thinking, that's not that, that's not that extreme. Who cares? There's a whole community of people on Reddit who don't want kids. Yeah, but Savannah's figured out a way to get attention for that. She has decided to get a surgery to have her fallopian tubes extracted from her body. Still not enough. You're thinking, yeah, people get their tubes tied. Okay, but do people ask to take their fallopian tubes home and turn them into a piece of jewelry? Yeah, because that is what Savannah has done. And not only has Savannah Bluen done this, but she is obviously documenting that. She created a necklace out of her tubes saying that the creation makes her feel empowered. Oh, wow. She said, quote, I had my fallopian tubes removed because I've always known that I never want to have children. The vegan restaurant waitress felt inspired to make a necklace following the decision to overturn the court case Roe v. Wade. Talk about an absolute psychopathic response. 
to overturning a Supreme Court case and simply saying that all men should be able to vote for abortion by sending it back down to the states. And this woman is so distraught that she decides that the best way to respond to this legal matter is to have her fallopian tubes removed and to be put into jewelry and to speak out and talk about that on TikTok. So yeah, she's from Connecticut, which is where I'm from, and I'm very embarrassed. She's from Connecticut, and she posted a video on her TikTok that has since gone viral. Take a listen. So a lot of people said this, and a lot of people also grouped together and said a couple other things, and those couple other things were they're going to mold in the resin. Um, You should have sent them to pathology, so you know if you're going to get sick. And three is how do I get so lucky? So I am going to use you uh, to Lovato uh, to answer those questions. So yeah, they are a little, I was expecting them to be bigger as well because I had Googled it and it said it was gonna be four inches each uh, and they are not. So I don't know if it's because they're no longer hydrated and they got a little scrunchy. Um, I know they shrunk a tiny bit because I put them in the refrigerator for one night. Um, so maybe they were bigger when they came out, but yeah, they're, they're pretty tiny. Um, the other thing was that people wanted to make sure that I sent them to pathology. I did. I got them back from pathology. That's how I got them. Um, so what I did is I asked my surgeon if I could keep them. She said, probably not. And I said, I want to make them to jewelry. And she was like, Ooh, I'll ask pathology. That sounds sick. And so she had asked and they had originally said no, but I didn't even know that um, because before I got an answer back, I had already written a letter and sent it to them that said, um, essentially, I looked at the laws in my state and I know exactly where my rights begin and end regarding this. So I am tremendously lucky to have been able to get the surgery. Um, I don't deny that one bit. I am 22 years old and I happen to live in Connecticut, which is a very safe state for women right now. Um, I'm really lucky in that sense. But regarding the getting the tubes back, um, that was just because I was self-advocating and I did my research um, and I was, you know, I was very determined about it. Um, And most of the time, if you say, you know, I'm well aware of my rights, um, I've already done the research, they're not going to want to deal with you. Um, I don't have the money to sue anybody, but I made it sound like I did. So that's how I got them back. So if anyone has any other questions, feel free to comment and ask and I'll make a video. Or if you want to look at my Instagram, I documented the entire process of my surgery. Um, if you're looking to get this done. So my Instagram is Sav Bluen. I'm going to put it on my hand right here. Um, so there it's a public account and the highlight is called no tubes, no problem. And all the information that I have essentially was on there. Um, but if you still have questions, you can DM me if you'd like. Also, if you look at that highlight, you'll see a picture of the letter that I wrote to pathology. If you want a template to threaten your local pathology department. Um, also I almost didn't say the moldy thing. Um, if they're going to get moldy, they're going to get moldy. They're already in resin. I can't do anything. So there you have it. If you think it is dramatic to say that we are living in the times of Satan, then I urge you to rewind this podcast and listen to that again. Just listen to her casually speaking on TikTok, a 22-year-old girl, about how she just ruined her life. She just just to sac- she just sacrificed her body, literally, to a narrative, right? 
They told her the world was over and she wasn't going to be able to get an abortion and kill her own kids. So what did she do? She removed her fallopian tubes. That is how committed she is to the ideology. That is how she is committed to the cult of the left, right? She's literally sacrificing her own body. And she's so willing to do it that she jumped on TikTok, documented it, and to encourage others to do it. And then you would think, okay, well, at least the people seeing this will tell her that she's crazy and satanic. But if that's what you're thinking, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. The comments are favorable. Alyssa writes to her, why did you have the surgery? Was it just a personal choice? Super cool that you kept them. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Artemis writes, hey, state neighbor. Alex writes, the fact that you have to ask to keep a part of you, like the fact that she even had to write a letter to request her fallopian tubes back, that is what has Artemis shook. Not the fact that she literally had her fallopian tubes removed for a narrative. She's not, she's, she's just as like, I don't even want to think about having children. I'm 22 years old. Forget the fact that my brain is not even fully developed. Forget the fact that I have no idea how I'm going to feel if I meet somebody and fall in love. I did this because, I don't know, the media told me that I should be enraged and that the world was over. And so I did it. I was brainwashed. Where this person's parents are, I don't know. I literally don't know where this girl's parents are. But these are how the comments are. Uh, Serena, same thing. What I find insane is that they could tell you no at all. Like they effing belong to you. They're your fallopian tubes. They were inside of you. Nobody else should have a say, which I guess makes sense because these people are basically saying that that is why you have a right to kill a baby. Anything that's inside of you, you have a right to kill. And you know what? They're, well, the fact that they wouldn't give it back to her is a problem. She, this psychopath probably thinks that you should be able to request an abortion and then get the baby back, right, after you abort it. This is how sick and demented this world has become. I tell you on the show all the time to keep your kids off of TikTok. It is so obvious to me that TikTok is driving our society into a very, very, very dark place. And it is just not worth it to have this chatter. If you're a child reading this and you're thinking, oh, this is normal. This is totally normal. All the comments are supporting this girl. Like this guy, this is so cool. Thousands of years from now, geologists will discover your fallopian tubes preserved like dragonflies in amber. That's a real comment. That is a real comment under the fact that this girl just mutilated her own body. I, get, I, I am, I just, I'm so disgusted. I have to stop talking about this because it's going to make me angry and I am practicing happiness on this Friday. But I'm not going to find it in this next story because the next story is about Pfizer and there's nothing good that comes out of Pfizer. Certainly not a vaccine, but they have one coming out anyways. I've been telling you guys, you know, I am, as they call me, anti-vax. It is true. I do not believe in vaccines. I'm very well researched on it. I'm not telling you what to do with your own body. I am just telling you that if you have an inkling that something seems up, that they just keep adding and adding and adding to the vaccine schedule, that when we were kids, we got 12, and now the kids are getting 74 before they leave high school, do your research. That's all I'm saying. Do your research and do not allow yourself to be bullied by stupid names and smears like anti-vaxxer, okay? Well, it's not enough that they're giving your kids about 74 vaccines from the time that they're born until they're 18 and off to college. Now they keep trying to front end the vaccines because vaccines equal money. So they keep coming up with vaccines more and more and more to give women while they're pregnant, right? When you're pregnant, they're like, well, this will protect your child from from getting sick, like the Tdap one that they give to women. But of course, they give your child the Tdap shot, you know, a couple of months after they're born. But they tell you that you also need to get it to protect them from pertussis. I've had two pregnancies. I've never gotten any vaccines while I'm pregnant. Guess I'm just one of the lucky ones or whatever. Well, Pfizer is now going to add more to the pre-birth schedule. They have developed a vaccine for RSV. You know, kids do get RSV. 
A lot of questions about differences between whooping cough and RSV and all of these coughs that kids get because, as I have said in other podcasts, my sister told me that when her kid, who did get RSV, and he was very sick from it, and he is fully vaxxed and on schedule, uh, when she asked them to test for whooping cough, they wouldn't because he was vaxxed. And they said, well, it must be RSV. Okay, well, that doesn't seem like a good system of telling the difference between the two, but they wouldn't even test him for it. So, and he had it for way longer than a couple of days or a couple of weeks. He had it for an entire uh, two months, which makes me think it was whooping cough, which is called also colloquially the 100-day cough. But they told her, no, 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 this is RSV. So now there's a vaccine for RSV for pregnant women to, immu- to immunize their unborn babies while they are in the womb. And of course, Pfizer was developing it, given specifically to pregnant women. And they claim that the infants will then be protected against the respiratory virus RSV after birth. According to the CDC, RSV is a common respiratory virus that usually causes mild cold-like symptoms. Most people recover in a week or two, but RSV can be serious, especially for infants and older adults. It is the most common cause of bronchiolitis and pneumonia in children younger than one year of age in the United States. So that is coming to a market near you. Of course, what the studies show, nobody's going to know because they're going to do a huge fear campaign. They're going to tell you that your kid's going to die if you don't get the vaccine, the pre-vaccine, the vaccine to the vaccine that they're going to probably then tell you kids have to all get it. No matter what they do, the idea is that every single person, adult and child, should get whatever vaccine they produce. That increases their profits. It's why that they, they migrate vaccines too. They tell you that it does one thing and then suddenly wait a few months and they tell you that the vaccine does something else. Gardasil is probably the greatest example of this. Gardasil was the vaccine that I got injured by and why I woke up to the whole vaccine thing. Um, And I say a scam because they just are constantly telling us that it means something else. Gardasil, they told us, was going to protect us from cervical cancer. It was for women, for women, for women. Well, nowadays they say it's for everybody, actually. It's now also for men and men have to get it. Now it's also for kids. And now they're trying to get Gardasil uh, for children that are in daycare. They actually tried to pass a law that in order to go into daycare, you'd have to get the Gardasil shot. So, so much for women and cervical cancer. Now it's boys and girls, including in daycare. And if you have questions about that, that would make you a conspiracy theorist and an anti-vaxxer. And I don't want you to be either of those things. Why should you have to be? I'm that. So you shouldn't be that too. That's all, guys. That's all I have to say about all that. We all know that the mainstream media loves to glorify obesity and unhealthy lifestyles under the guise of body positivity. This is a very radical and dangerous misperception of reality. And in case you have been fooled, let me be clear, being overweight is not in fact healthy. That said, living a healthy lifestyle is not easy. It's hard to get up and go for a run every morning. It's hard to make sure you're getting the proper nourishment, especially when you're running from work to school to practice to wherever else you need to go during your busy schedule. That is where Balance of Nature comes in as an easy first step toward building a healthier routine. Balance of Nature is a whole food produce supplement that makes it easier to get essential nutritional ingredients every single day. Their products are 100% whole food and they use a cold vacuum process that preserves the natural phytonutrients in whole foods and vegetables and encapsulates them for easy consumption. Balance of Nature sent a bunch of their products down to the studio for my team to try and they all love them. When you're disciplined enough to take care of your health, you reap all kinds of benefits. More energy, less fatigue, better focus. Consuming the right balance of fruits and vegetables every day is definitely an important first step. So go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code CANDICE for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. 
That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Candice for 35% off your first preferred order. Okay, now it's time for me to jump into the comment section. Let's see what you guys have for me. I hope you're being nice today. First up, somebody is commenting regarding the video we showed of AOC apologizing for not having her pronouns in her Instagram bio. Where she apologized, remember she said, oh, I don't know what happened. They just fell off. They just fell off into a puddle. This person comments and says, I'm not even American, but I can tell you that all America's current issues started when Obama became president. Yes, he was probably the coolest U.S. president, but all of this stuff started with him. He gave the woke movement a voice. He have them. A, he gave them a start. I meant to say, gave them a start. And now the only way to stop it is to go Republican. Don't make the same mistake South Africa has made. USA will go all the way down if that is not checked. Just an opinion from an outsider looking in. I think it is the right opinion. I said that I remember the night Obama one, and I was a liberal, and I cried in my dorm, and I was like, oh, this is amazing, Obama won, yes, we can, yes, we can move on from racist narratives, and we're all going to come together and just bleed red, white, and blue, and no, we did not. Now we all are each other's throats all the time. He started leaning into the BLM narrative towards the end of his presidency. He started talking about what black men are going through and, and suddenly began separating us, so it is ironic that this person that was pitched to us as someone that was going to bring the nation together actually brought about so much destruction. And I think at the end of the day, it's because Barack Obama is a Marxist. And that is the truth. Next question is regarding Harvey Weinstein and Jennifer Newsom. Jennifer Newsom, reminding you guys, is Gavin Newsom's wife. And she was one of Harvey Weinstein's accusers. And Harvey Weinstein's defense put up a very good defense, saying that, okay, if I raped this woman, can anybody explain to me why she would bring her husband around my house after that of host parties and she would come in attendance. Is that a normal thing for somebody to do after they've been raped? Um, this person comments, La Quinta Life, and says, I would see her at events all the time. She was working it for sure to get parts like most of us, reminding you that before she married Gavin Newsom, she was an aspiring actress, which is what uh, Harvey Weinstein's defense also said. This person continues, I met Harvey at Cannes with a group of my friends. I was repulsed. I called my husband and said, he looks like the devil. He hit on one of my friends and set up a meeting with her the next day at his hotel. Man, this guy really likes hotel meetings. She had me come with her for support. I went and sat in the hotel restaurant. He met us and had his assistant take her up to his hotel rooms. I, I, I was content to stay put and eat as I was hungover. However, the funny thing was that after my friend left with his assistant, Harvey wandered back into the restaurant where I was sitting and sort of walked around my table as if he was wanting me to engage with him. It was like he assumed that I, too, would do anything to connect with him. There was no way I was remotely interested, and so after several minutes of me ignoring him, he left. But many, many women willfully jumped at the chance to meet him and went to his hotel room, I am sure. My friend met with him and came back down. She said he hit on her, but she did not, as far as she told me, sleep with him. They did flirt, and he gave her his number, and this was right after he married Regina Chapman. She was at the Cannes Film Festival with him. I was shocked and disappointed to realize that Hollywood really was full of this BS. That is true. Uh, Hollywood is, uh, among other things, a prostitution ring. Obviously, people are prostituting themselves for the parts. There have been countless examples of that. And I do think that a lot of people are regretting their behavior and that pretending that they were not willing participants in their behavior becomes a way to rinse themselves of any guilt. Again, some examples of that, not all of them, obviously. There are back to examples of women that are actually raped. But when people, when some women are not raped and pretend that they're raped because they wanted a part, it 
significantly harms actual rape victims. All right, guys, that is all in regards to the comments. You know the next portion of the show is going to be available exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. So if you are not a member yet, go ahead, click the link in the description, and subscribe right now. Now. 